Hey guys, this is Gail Kim from Impact Wrestling, and you are listening to the 8-Bit Suplex Podcast. Suplex here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Uh, this is uh, one half of your host, uh, Josh McLaughlin, signing in to, to first wish you guys happy holidays. Thanks for listening. Uh, right before we get right deep into the Christmas season, we're in the heart of it. Uh, Sandy uh, is unfortunately out this week, uh, but filling in, uh, as he is uh, one to do, is Mr. Dan Coffin. Dan, how are you, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing great. Podcaster X showing up when somebody gets injured. <laughs> Uh, that's a Speed Racer reference uh, for all you youngsters out there. If you don't know what Speed Racer is, uh, go watch uh, some Boomerang on uh, Amazon Prime. That's a good way to uh, uh, get caught up on all things Speed Racer. And the well, Wachowskis, the, the the Wachowskis too, made that right? movie with uh, John Goodman, yeah. uh, and that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Like John Goodman did not chimp, play Speed Racer. Digital Champ and uh, right. some other stuff on it. Yeah, I just do want to make sure. John Goodman was not Speed Racer. He played the dad. <laughs> so if you didn't see the movie and you know the cartoon and you're like, John Goodman played Speed Racer? No, 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 no. I'm not saying Pops, that. Right? He played Pops, yeah. I yeah. think that was the default name for all TV dads. If they, if like the dad wasn't one of the main characters, it was like, oh, it's Pops. Like that was right. like kind of the, you know, the standard. I can't think of any others right now, but I feel like, you know, I don't know. I just feel like that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds, it feels truthy, right? Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, welcome to Ape and Suplex, your Hanna Barbera uh, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I will tell you that'd be a fun podcast to do. I do a little of uh, Hanna Barbera cartoons, uh, and I will say they are uh, some of them more difficult to watch with twenty twenty lenses um, because there is yeah. uh, some some insensitive material. Um, but that to say, um, uh, what is not insensitive to say is that we had a pretty good week in Impact Wrestling, uh, of course. We have uh, Final Resolution, which we'll review uh, here at the top. And we also had a really, really huge um, kind of uh, news-breaking moment uh, on this week's edition of Impact Wrestling with, uh, as it pertains to Kenny Omega and, of course, Don Callis. Can't leave out Don Callis. Uh, as Kenny has not done uh, for the past couple of weeks, uh, even going on different radio shows, Don Callis has done a lot of media recently. Uh, he's he's building up a lot of heat with the marks, uh, Dan. <laughs> yeah, well, he's a consummate worker, you know. He's been doing this a long time, so he knows how to how to stick it in and break it off. He does, and, you know. Don Callis is uh, is proof that kayfabe may not be dead all the way. Uh, he's given it some life. Uh, I've really enjoyed uh, just about everything they've done. I I, I think everything's a hit. And, and we'll get into that probably more towards uh, the end of reviewing this week's episode of Impact. Um, but let's uh, let's you know talk about Final Resolution, uh, which is of course the Impact Plus uh, special event of the month of December. Um, I've been really enjoying having these extra you know once a month shows, uh, kind of a mini pay per view. Uh, they're not as they're not given as uh, much importance as the quarterlies. Um, which kind of feels like almost like a WWE-ish kind of model when they were doing, you know, the once a month uh, on the network. Um, I think for a while they had 
more than once a month when they were doing separate brand uh, pay-per-views, which was too much. So, um, but I think yeah, it's if every you, two weeks, a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and, and for those of us that like to get together and watch wrestling, uh, of course, pre-pandemic, um, and, and you know, some, some, some during pandemic, but also, you know, very socially responsible watching, uh, getting together every two weeks, it was just, I mean, it was undoable. So you had to pick and choose. So you're going to watch the SmackDown one with your buddies. You're the wrong one. Um, but right. here, uh, Impact, of course, does not have a brand split because Explosion is not a big enough show to uh, <laughs> to warrant a separate <laughs> roster. Um, and Impact, if you split up their roster, I think would not have enough really necessarily for one show. Um, but that's say, uh, they, since they brought them back, I've really enjoyed having um, just that extra once a month just to go, okay, uh, yeah, I'll watch this. And it was interesting, Dan, because this Saturday was like the busiest night in wrestling in a long time for your, yeah. your major, uh, you know, your major players. Um, it just kind of came out of nowhere too. It really kind of did. Oh, you got this, you got that, you got that. <laughs> right. And, and I think, you know, obviously in a lot of ways we have Kenny Omega to thank for that. Um, because Kenny Omega does, uh, of course, make an appearance, uh, at final resolution hanging out with his uh, former, uh, you know, buddy in the Bullet Club, Carl Anderson. Lots of references to Bullet Club over the past couple of weeks. Um, mm-hmm. Really trying to get Carl Anderson going, uh, almost seemingly as a single. But then, of course, you know, Doc Gallows gets kind of involved this week. Um, and then Kenny Omega is, was also defending the AAA championship on YouTube. So it's, uh, you know... It, you have to kind of decide uh, which one you think was live. Obviously, it was not the Impact one because Impact also had two other talents on other shows at the exact same time this was airing uh, in TJP and Chris Bay, who were on the Final Resolution card as well as the Super Jacob. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was um, it was crazy. <laughs> I haven't like flipped around that much between uh, different internet sites to watch wrestling in a long time <laughs> right it was uh it was very uh reminiscent of the days of switching between nitro and raw right yeah, like uh exactly. this match isn't really interesting to me so i'm gonna flip over here so um i watched the entire impact card after watching some of the triple a mania card um and then i didn't i didn't catch the super jacob yet I, did you watch any of the super jacob dan I waited till the next day to watch it because uh, I knew it was taped and I, I watched it Sunday morning and it was definitely the weakest of the three shows to me, but okay, it was okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. Of course that was, uh, you know, uh, none of the uh, impact talent uh, won that uh, the super J cup, of course, I believe it was El Phantasmo uh, winning it for the second time in a row uh, because that's yeah. a trophy that he wins. <laughs> so <laughs> yep. no, no disrespect, of course, to ELP. Uh, I enjoy a, a moonsault back rake as much as the next guy. Um, so kudos to him. And then, of course, kudos to uh, Kenny Omega uh, for having a uh, fantastic match with the Laredo Kid and retaining that championship. Um, it, th- that championship belt hasn't made an appearance on Impact Wrestling, uh, which I think is interesting because he's talked about collecting belts and how this is what he's going to be doing now is going around collecting belts. Um, right. But he's only brought the AEW. I'm, I'm sure it's probably some kind of, you know, Triple uh, A doesn't want their belt on Access TV or something. There's got to be some kind of, you know, something yeah, going but you on would, there. 
they might have the cartels against him. Who knows? You know, um, with the uh, the Mexican <laughs> <laughs> with the Mexican promotions. But I mean, they're pretty liberal down there with like like music rights and stuff like that. So you'd think that'd be like fair game. Like, oh yeah, whatever. Just talk about our belt, and maybe people will watch us. You know. But who knows what's going on behind yeah, the scenes? Yeah, I mean, stuff. It, it, it's all it couldn't over the place. hurt. Yeah, it couldn't hurt. And and also, I mean, they do mention, of course, you know, Taya is still their women's champion, I believe. So. Um, right. there's a lot of weird kind of, you know, the wrestling business is still the wrestling business at the end of the day. <laughs> also, they don't kick, they don't really care about the belts like down there. Like they don't we do up here. Right. Yeah. They're, they're to, to say that Mexico is not belt marks is, you know, to, to say <laughs> that they are, uh, you know, that'd be probably an understatement. Um, but so, sorry, brief interruption. So there. when I was watching I some packages Saturday being night. delivered. One of the things I thought about was I'd like to have a wrestling red zone channel for nights like that. Right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Just a host. And like, all right, now we're going to go to this main event and then we're going to go over to this. And this one, oh, this one's getting heated up over here. Let's go here right now. <laughs> right. Oh, that we might have a hot tag coming in here. We're going to switch over to impact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. So, uh, yeah. And, and uh, I do apologize for that, uh, that brief lapse in uh, audio on my end. Uh, yeah, my, we're, we're, uh, moving packages around here, you know, it is Christmas coming up. Uh, so, you know, we got some packages, uh, delivered to the house for the kids. So, uh, we, my wife, uh, had to bring some into the room that I'm recording in. Uh, so just if you hear a little bit of quietness there, that's why. Um, but yeah, so, uh, let's, let's get into this final resolution card here. It was a bigger card than I expected. Um, it did have nine matches on it. Um, I don't believe any of the other ones have gone that many matches, but, um, they all had a pretty decent length to them also, which I found pretty interesting. It's almost like, uh, impact realized they'd have more people watching. So of course, uh, they decided that they were going to be, you know, throwing out, uh, more matches, more, uh, more talent just to, so that everyone can kind of see what they have to offer. Is that right. kind of the vibe you were getting to Dan? Yeah, it seemed like they wanted to, you know, showcase more than just a couple of people, um, let them show their stuff out there, which I appreciate, you know, as, as a watcher of Impact. I, I want to see good wrestling. I don't necessarily want to see, like, 30-second squash matches all night. So Sure. I enjoy especially it. On, especially on your monthly special, you want to have good matches. Um, and, uh, you know, kicking off the show, uh, you know, in case you haven't heard about this guy, is a guy named Tommy Dreamer. Uh, he was in a <laughs> an old school rules match against Larry D. Uh, now, uh, on top of this being an old school rules match, it also was a match that determined whether or not Larry D would go to jail for the attempted murder of Johnny Bravo. So, if Larry D wins, he walks away a free man. If Tommy Dreamer wins, Larry D is off to prison. Um, this went 11 minutes 42 seconds, which is a longer match than I expected. Uh, and I had predicted here with Sandy and Sandy had agreed um, going into this that the only way that this story continues is if Tommy Dreamer wins. And right. Tommy Dreamer wins. Yeah. So um, <laughs> wrestling justice, right? Like <laughs> this is probably the goofiest part of the night. I'm glad they got it out of the way at the beginning. <laughs> well, there was a slightly more goofy uh, uh, a match. Um, if you ask me, and that's, you know, Hernandez and followed by him. We'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah, we'll um, get there. but yeah, I mean, Tommy, Tommy continues to, to work his, uh, tail off. I mean, truthfully, 
Uh, Larry D, uh, he's looking a lot better. He's lost a lot of weight, just like AC Romero has. Right. Some really good action back and forth. Uh, some pretty brutal, uh, you know, uh, AC tries to get involved and goes to a, a corner table with a splash. Um, man, I, I, that's just got to be painful. Uh, I know it's probably, you know, a little bit of a gimmick table, but, you know, there's still fragments of wood, and he's got a lot of places that fragments of wood can stick. It's <laughs> a, lot, a lot of canvas for that art, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So uh, pretty good match there. Uh, I was happy to see uh, Tommy pick up a win. He doesn't get very many of those these days. And then let's be honest, he doesn't need him. Um, but, you know, gets it continues the, the, the story. So um, here, here's my thing about it. And since I'll bring it up now because it doesn't they didn't even, did they even mention it in impact this week? That Larry D was in jail? I don't remember hearing anything about it. No, I don't think they did. Um, I was kind of surprised at that. Like They did release uh, photos from a photo shoot of him in an orange jumpsuit. Um, with the official, <laughs> from the official impact photography, with the, uh, the, uh, the water stamp and everything in the corner, which is, is kind of silly. Same, is that the but, same jail that Eric Young was, you know, cutting those vignettes in? Well, we might find out. I mean, hey, I mean, maybe that's the new recruitment center for uh, for Eric Young. Maybe he picks up uh, Larry. We'll talk Gay. about it later. <laughs> maybe maybe that comes full circle. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just thought it was interesting that they 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 didn't really talk a whole lot about it. So I, I'm interested to see where this goes. Like, is he going to break out of jail? Is somebody going to like <laughs> come forward and they release him, or is he just? Oh, he's just going to serve two years. We'll see him then. You know. Who knows? Yeah, it would be interesting to see, like, because he keeps on saying that he was set up, right? Um, so if he was indeed set up, uh, I'm sure that's probably the next part of the um, storyline. Um, but you know, we'll see. I, I, it's not. It's to me, it's lost a little bit of steam. Um, yeah. But I'm sure they'll pick it up once the new year comes. Uh, it is worth mentioning that um, this week's impact was the last impact of the year of of new content. The next two weeks, I believe, are our holiday award shows um, and look backs at the, at the year. So um, nothing new probably come in. And they, they might announce some matches for Genesis or something like that, which will be their January uh, um, monthly thing. There might be some promo spots. Uh, but I don't think there's going to be anything, any new matches to talk about. Um, but a new match to talk about uh, with a newer tag team uh, to impact. Uh, we have Team C-Stars taking on Havoc and Nevaeh, uh, kind of built as a tune-up match for Havoc and Nevaeh before they have to, of course, go on and face Jordan Grace and Jazz um, in the Knockouts Tag Team Tournament. Um, I was happy to see Team C-Stars get another crack at this, Dan. I, I thought they had a pretty decent showing in there in the tournament, um, and I think they got uh, a little bit of a future here in Impact if, they, uh, if they're able to sign them. Yeah, they're pretty good. I, I've seen better out of them than this match, um, but it was okay. Um, I mean, as, I'm going to say this a couple of times tonight. This wasn't like probably the best showing that these people could have put on. Um, not very memorable, but I know they're capable of better, and I, I hope to see more of them in Impact later. I think we've seen this somewhat with Havoc and Nevaeh. They're not going to carry a match. So unless the other tag team can really take that match further, 
I think it suffers. Um, just because Havoc and Nevaeh have no, no, not knocking them. They have a little more, a little bit more of a limited move set. Um, right. They're not, they're not flying. They're not doing anything. And not that everyone has to fly, but they're not doing anything necessarily out of the box, right? So, uh, for me, uh, Team C Stars, it was good to get them on the card. It went a little bit longer than I expected because I expected since Havoc and Nevaeh, of course, moved on in the tournament and Team Z Stars did not. I expected it to be maybe closer to like three minutes. This thing goes over eight minutes. Um, so probably a little long. Um, but good to see, uh, of course, Ashley Vox and, and Dummy XO, uh, Team C Stars. I enjoy their their uh, nautical puns and uh, <laughs> I, I really actually do like their, uh, their entrance where they uh, hook the cameraman with their uh, fishing pole and reel them in. Um, that I think is pretty cool. Um, so I'd like to see more of them. Definitely. Uh, next, we have the team, and this is an intergender tag match of Caleb with a K and Tennille Dashwood taking on the team of Eddie and Alicia Edwards. Um, I had I had predicted on uh, this podcast, you can go back and listen to it, I said there's no reason for Caleb with a K and Tennille to win this match, but they will, um, and they did. Um, <laughs> and, and it really only serves to further the storyline, of course, of Eddie Edwards and Sammy Callahan. Um, but before you get that far, uh, I actually thought this was a pretty decent match. Yeah, uh, it was. It was. It was a step up from the last, you know, tag match. Um, I, I think Tennille Dashwood's been kind of underutilized so far. They've had her on, um, but I feel like she needs to get the rocket strapped to her. She's a big name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know she can, you know, do better than what they've allowed her to do so far. Um, I think. I think she's got big things ahead for her on Impact. Absolutely. Um, and I think you're uh, right. Like and I'll, I'll say this is that when we talk about her uh, match from Tuesday night, I think she had a much better match Tuesday night than she did at final resolution. And that may just mm-hmm. be because it wasn't, you know, the intergender tag thing and, and whatnot. Uh, there was one really uh, funny spot where Eddie goes to uh, hit Tennille with a lariat. And then Caleb tries to dive in front of him to like take the blow. And <laughs> Eddie just stops and Caleb just flies through the air and just crashes and burns. Um, pretty funny, pretty funny comedy spot. Uh, but, you know, people forget that Caleb with a K, of course, is a, uh, a professional wrestler as well. Um, and I thought it, he, he took, he was bumping all over the place for Eddie. Um, so it was, I, I, I'd like to say, you know, I might want to see more Caleb with a K, Dan. Uh, maybe as a wrestler. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. As a pretty annoying personality which that's that's exactly what he needs to be so <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly yeah yes exactly like he could be he's the perfect uh chicken shit heel so to speak uh as far as that goes um but yeah good match almost nine minutes they really let it go and of course sammy callahan gets involved at the end um causes a distraction <laughs> and uh you know caleb and Tanio get the win moving on we have the singles match between Hernandez and Falaba. And I say this one was a bit goofier, and, and not just because of the competitors. I actually think both guys you know, put on a pretty good match. Um, but we have special referee Kiera Hogan and special ring announcer Tasha Steeles. Uh, of course, we know Tasha Steeles uh, is in possession 
in her fanny pack of the uh, roll of uh, money that Hernandez has from arm wrestling. Um, Hernandez gets the win here over Falaba. I actually, I Hernandez can still kind of go. I mean, they used him a, a bit more a few years ago, but I, I'm actually, I wouldn't mind if they used him a bit more in the ring, and that may be his choice to not do as much because um, he is getting up there. Uh, but what would you think here, Dan? Uh, I'll be honest. I didn't see most of this match. Um, these, <laughs> This match Fair. and the next one, uh, I had switched over to AAA, and I also had a lot of stuff going on here at the house. So <laughs> I'll trust your judgment on this one and the next one. Okay. So what I heard is Josh is 100% right, and uh, you know what? We'll go with that. <laughs> I'll, I'll rubber stamp that. <laughs> but, of course, you know, Hernandez wins, and, of course, the, the stipulation was that you know, whoever won gets the money back. Um, Hernandez wins, asks Tasha Steeles for the money, and she can't find it in her fanny pack. She has no idea where it is. Uh, and which kind of spooks Kara Hogan, and like everyone's like, oh, they must be planning something. Uh, but nobody knows where the money is at that point, uh, and we move on to the next match, uh, which of course is Eric Young with Joe Doring. And he is taking on Rhino. There is not much to say about the actual match. Rhino gets some good offense in. Um, Joe Doring at one point tries to get in the ring and Rhino kicks the ropes and, you know, does the old, uh, the, the low blow that way, right? The legal low blow by kicking the ropes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe, and, and, and I'm sure I'll be corrected on this. Uh, after the match, of course, we get um, the Deaners coming out. Um, and Cody Deaner, of course, uh, screaming about not being a no one and then i believe and god it's been a week um (laughs) and i could be mistaken at some point either the now or i don't think it happened on the next impact pretty sure it's on this show um because like i said god you know christmas i'm I'm pretty sure it was this episode i I know what you're talking about here yeah so so cody diener turns around and clocks cousin jake with eric young's hockey mask thus uh, aligning himself, it seems, with Eric Young. So we will see where that goes. I think Cody Diener is a character that needs something. Um, and I think uh, being put up with you know with a guy that that knows his character well and plays it really well, and Eric Young can really help uh, Cody Diener. So you know, I know you didn't see the match, Dan, but. You know what? What's kind of your thoughts? And and we don't. We're not necessarily going to talk about it when we talk about the next episode of Impact. There was a uh, a video package that showed uh, Eric Young in the uh, prison, of course. That which I always assumed was you know the prison of his mind, somewhat of a metaphorical showing. Um, but it seems to be a real physical place. Maybe he lives there. I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> but he has. I guess when uh, we see Larry D, we'll know for sure, right? We'll know for sure. We'll know for sure. <laughs> But uh, we see Cody Dina there. Um, so do you think this is the right move to uh, basically split the Deaners and then try and do something else with Cody? I do. Um, I would like to see Eric Young in a stable. I thought he did pretty well with Sanity and WWE as the leader of that. Um, I, f- I feel like he would be a great... The only thing I, I would say that might be a negative towards it, it seems like 
with the uh, the video package in the in the next episode of Impact. It seems like they were going with the cult leader type gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of sick of cult leaders in wrestling right now. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean the one benefit, of course, is that presently the exalted one is off of TV, uh, Mr. Brody Lee, uh, seemingly with an injury. So there's no competing with uh, that presently. Uh, but yeah, if right. Young turns into this cult leader uh, kind of faction. Yeah, I don't thing. want another Wyatt family. I don't want another Dark Order. <laughs> you know. Uh, I've been but told, if he just, though, Dan, if he just creates like a, a gang of badasses that beat the crap well, out of sure. everybody, that, that I'm all for. That would be you know? that would be a great heel stable. Uh, but I was going to note um, that Bray Wyatt is in fact a genius. I've been told. So maybe uh, maybe we need another Wyatt family. <laughs> Footage you know? not found. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Um, no, but I'd, I think it's good for the Deaners to break up. They're, you know, they're just a generic redneck tag team before. Um, how many times have we seen that in wrestling? It's 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 just bland and gross. Um, Who I, was I the last like, generic redneck wrestler to get over? Like generic redneck? Oh, God. And I'm uh, not talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin, of course, because he was no. far from generic. So... Outside of that, I can't think of one. <laughs> they pretty much, if you have, I mean, I guess, I mean, you could almost call Hacksaw Jim Duggan one, but uh, I mean, Kinda. he at least he at least had a two by four. So Hillbilly Jim, maybe going back <laughs> way back. I don't know. I mean, so uh, it's listen, never been a good gimmick. No, it, it doesn't doesn't really work well the on God a national. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work well on a national. Uh, stage it probably is yeah. great for mid-south wrestling um <laughs> or the old nwa territory days uh but maybe beer money right they were kind of that yeah, way kinda, yeah okay got maybe a, beer money so. yeah you're right you're right maybe maybe a little say, bit there um but yeah i'd like to see them in a group uh joe doring i i don't know if they've announced when he's actually going to wrestle but i want to see him you know, I've yeah. heard he, he was kind of a badass over in Japan, and let's see some of that over here in Impact, right? Yeah, I mean, he was a uh, All Japan uh, Grand Slam champion or whatever they call it. I, I'm not, a, I, I've never watched a single bit of All Japan, uh, but of course, friend of the podcast, friend of the network, Zach Porter, uh, was over the moon excited when Impact signed him, and he doesn't watch Impact at all. Um, and so, I, <laughs> most of the world is tuning into Impact to see what Kenny Omega does. Zach is tuning in to see what Joe Doring is doing. <laughs> well, Joe Doring's a scary looking dude so I'd like to see what he can do in the ring right? yeah when he does these beatdowns they are pretty intense so yeah. I would like to see some of that translate to an actual match uh, I'm with you there um, but we gotta move on to the next match which is of course the final defeat Royal Heat challenge of the year now it was teased by TJP the Tuesday prior to final resolution that, you know, he's like, Hey man, good luck in your final uh, challenge of the year. And Rohit's like, Oh, you know, it won't be you. Uh-huh. And then of course, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Of course it was going to be TJP. But of course, remembering that TJP lost to Rohit Raju, which cost him the ability for TJP to challenge for the X division title as long as Rohit Raju held it. Now we teased it with suicide a few weeks ago. Maybe that's an angle that TJP could go. Uh, But no, we actually get manic to answer the call of Rohit Raju for this challenge. 
Uh, and right away the announcer's like, uh, yeah, dude, that's TJP. What's going on here? Like, <laughs> he didn't even got, cover up his, his tattoos on his no, arms. Like he's, same exact just, tattoos. The sleeves full out. <laughs> when you have <laughs> sleeves, it becomes a harder thing to, uh, hide. So he's, you know, his full arm sleeves are there. He's wearing his Lakers wristbands, uh, which of course, you know, <laughs> TJP is a noted Lakers fan. Um, right. and of course the moveset is basically the same moves. He does it with a little bit of a different style, a little bit more, uh, kind of like superhero stance kind of stuff, you know, like he kind of, you know, goes down and squats and does the one arm back kind of like Spider-Man pose. Um, but I actually, I, I really enjoyed the heck out of this match. I really did. This was probably the second best match of the night. I mean, obviously, I mean, th- say what you will about TJP as a person. The guy can go in the ring. Rohit he Raju can. is good in the ring. Like, the X Division with Impact isn't like what it used to be, but these guys can still put on bangers right. on shows. So I mean, here's, yeah, well, here's, I, I it. here's the thing is that, you know, when we talk about the X Division now, and, and there's some great guys there, like you mentioned, TJP, Rohit Raju, Chris Bay, Willie Mack, uh, you name, I mean, basically, uh, of course, everyone can qualify, so to speak, for the X Division. Um, but the uh, the guys that are constantly in the mix of that right now, listen, it's never going to be AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Jeff Hardy, Christopher Daniels, Frankie, you know, I can go on and on and on and on. That's way long gone. <laughs> but with what they got now, they have, in my mind, the majority of their best workers are in that X division. Um, because when you tune into an X division match, you know, you're going to get an awesome match. And that's kind of, you know, that's what we're seeing here. Um, and right. yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, TJP um, is a really good wrestler. He's really talented. So uh, having hit the title on him makes a lot of sense, uh, especially since that's a title that's defended more than the world championship is. So I'm excited to see kind of, you know, what comes next uh, out of uh, his title reign as Manic. Well, well he doesn't have it. Manic has it. So well, that's it'll be true. interesting to that's see true. what Manic does. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Very good point out of you. Very good point. This reminds me a lot of the uh, Mr. America gimmick at the end of Hogan's run. Like, <laughs> right. I'm like, like just hit people with a leg drop and then like pull his mask up after the cameras were off and like, shh, like, come on, dude. <laughs> It's like it's intentionally badly showing that it's him. So, but that's yeah. Fine. I mean, at least like even like TJP's social media presence, he's not pretending that Manic is a different person. So, right. You know, it, it's like this this hidden secret in plain sight that Scott Demore himself endorsed when he said to TJP, "Nobody named TJP can win this." Nudge, nudge, right. wink, wink. So, um, at least they're not trying to do it go as far as that Mister America shit. Um, I was, I was almost going to say who's a worse person, TJP or Terry Bollea. Um, but it's still far and away Terry Bollea. So that's not even a real, that's not a fair question to ask. If the question is who's worse, Terry Bollea or fill in the blank, it's always going to be Terry Bollea unless you like start talking about, you know, historically horrible figures, uh, and stuff like that. I mean, Hitler versus Hulk Hogan. I mean, obviously, obviously Hitler's worse. Obviously Hitler's worse. Um, and listen, I'm just making points here. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying. Listen, we gotta get some, we gotta drive the ratings here. Yeah, have heat with Hogan. <laughs> I've had heat with Terry Bollea for a long time. Okay, we're well, see we're... him at the Panera Bread here in town. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'll call him Terry to his face again and get him real pissed off again. Yo, spoiler alert: 
Terry Bollea still believes he's Hulk Hogan outside of the ring. If you call him Terry, you better be Eric Bischoff. And that's about it. Because uh, he will not answer. And if you insist on calling him Terry multiple times, he will get uh, angry. Call that's just... See how he likes that. I don't think he will. Um, <laughs> but who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Anyways, moving on. <laughs> we have the <laughs> Impact Knockouts title match, uh, which of course was made uh, the week uh, prior, uh, the lead up here, uh, after... Rosemary and Taya defeat Deanna and Kimberly in the tag team tournament. We have Deanna Peraza, of course, accompanied to the ring by Kimberly, defending against the demon assassin Rosemary, accompanied to the ring uh, by Taya. I really wish this was Taya in this match instead of Rosemary. Um, but I thought Rosemary did fine. Uh, Deanna Peraza, of course, gets the win with her uh, gotch-style pile driver, what she calls the Cosa Nostra. Um, pretty good match here, Dan. Um, I don't have a whole lot of notes, uh, so to speak. There was some back and forth a little bit with Taya and Kimberly. Um, I always get kind of nervous when Kimber is ringside and getting involved because for whatever reason, when she knows that she's going to have a spot, she still wears a mini skirt. And I don't really know why, um, <laughs> but it's like, you know, you're going to catch a super kick from Taya. Don't wear the mini skirt. That's kind of my opinion. Um, right. It's not the attitude era and nobody's looking for that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, pretty good match. Obviously, it's there seems to be we seem to be driving towards Diana versus Taya at Hard to Kill would be my guess. Um, yeah. And I'm I'm a thousand percent here for that, Dan. Um, I'm sure you are as well um, mm-hmm. because it's no secret on this podcast that Taya might be my favorite uh, female wrestler in the world right now. Um, I just I, I I can go back on the AAA YouTube channel and just pull up all these fantastic matches that she's had with you know Redacted and you know a- anyone else in that division, right? Right. So I don't know. You got anything uh, to note here? Uh not really. It was an okay match. It probably went on a little bit too long, but yeah, it's building towards Diana which Taya, which which is that's more of a money match for me. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's. It's a little bit of two contrasting styles, too, when you get to that match eventually. And we'll, of course, mm-hmm. preview that match 110% if and when it does happen. Um, and you're right, it is a little long. It did go over 13 minutes, um, which probably could have been eight or nine. It might have been a little better. Yeah. Um, but, like you said, setting up lots of stuff. Um, and then, uh, you know, we get to the, uh, the sub main event or the co-main event almost, um, after a huge pep talk from, of course, Kenny Omega and Don Callis on the billion dollar bus or as Josh Matthews, uh, refers to us. I don't think that bus is that expensive. Uh, I don't think Anthem is shelling out that much money for a bus, uh, to, <laughs> to shoot Kenny Omega in, uh, maybe I'm wrong. Um, I'm not an expert on, on big RVs and things like that, but maybe it is a nicer, uh, million dollar RV. Um, I don't know about a million, maybe like 200 K or something like that. Yeah. It's definitely a couple hundred grand. Um, that I see a lot of them down here at the trailer parks in Florida. So it can't be that expensive, right? <laughs> well, you know, when you live in the, in the trailer, you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, mortgages and things like that. You can put your, you know, your big money into, uh, the RV. That's kind of mm-hmm. my thought. Well, I don't personally do that, and I, and I, as someone that has a, a wife and and two kids, I'm not allowed to do something like that, even if I wanted to. Um, but you know, 
if that's your, if that's if that's what you want, that's what you want. You just hey, you do you. Um, but let's say he uh, he basically tells Carl Anderson like, and they've been hammering this up a lot that Carl Anderson was a was the 2012 G1 finalist. Notice he lost that final, of course, uh, to I believe it was I believe it was Tanahashi, or was it Okada? It was either Tanahashi or Okada. I believe it was Tanahashi. Um, and they 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 keep bringing that up constantly. Dude, you were the 2012 G1 finalist. Like, you this this guy shouldn't take you more than five minutes. And uh, of course, it does take a little bit more than five minutes for him to get through Ethan Page. Uh, it does take about 13 minutes. Um, and I just looked it up uh, because I knew I was going to be called out on this. It was, of course, Kazuchika Okada that won the 2012 G1 over Carl Anderson. So, um, I mean, he's yeah. no slouch. So it's he's, not he's like, definitely you know. not. He's definitely not. Like, like here's here's what I, I think. And this will be a, a small Good Brothers tangent, uh, if you'll allow me the endeavor. It's your show, Carl man. Go for it. <laughs> well, it's only partly my show. Uh, you know, missing Sandy. Of well, course. tonight. How about that? It's your show. <laughs> well, no, it's still partly yours. Um, so the the problem with the Good Brothers, especially Carl Anderson, is that they spent those years in WWE really phoning it in, mm-hmm. and really not have. I mean. I I struggle to think of a good match that they had. Like the only match that I can ever think of that they were in that I really enjoyed was at WrestleMania 33 when the Hardys came back, and that had nothing to do with them and everything <laughs> I to they do were with in that. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you, I, I it had everything to do with the fact that of course Matt and Jeff came back, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, one of the biggest pops in in recent WrestleMania you know, history, but I really feel like for them, they've, they just got stuck in such a rut and they're trying to do their different things and come out of it. And really, and we forget that these guys really were good wrestlers and that's how they got signed to WWE. Um, and Carl Anderson, especially, you know, he still holds records in new Japan for the longest tag team title reigns. Um, of course, uh, that was with Matt Bloom, not with Doc Gallows. Um, but I, I really feel like Impact at least is showing that this Carl Anderson still exists when they put him in a singles match. And I feel like when Doc Gallows gets out there against another big guy, he shows how much better than he is than the big guys. But he can't necessarily go with the small guys as much. But I really enjoy seeing Carl Anderson wrestle. That's kind of what I'm getting at. And and. <laughs> And what and I I wish that their time in WWE almost never happened, just because I think it's it's making it harder to appreciate what they do and what they've done in the past, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I like you said. I, I, I you remembered at least one match mem- that was memorable for them. <laughs> I can't remember anything, and I I you know I saw them live a few times too. And I can't remember hardly anything about the run other than, you know, they seconded AJ a lot, but they didn't really do much except for cash checks. I mean, and, and they cash big ones. They, I mean, they, yeah. I mean, WWE, yeah. you know, and Hey, you know what? I don't Kudos. fault them for that at all. <laughs> no, right. Absolutely like, not. 
take Vince's money every chance you get. <laughs> He's got plenty of it, so please take it. Um, and but, yeah, I mean, they were multiple time tag champions um, in and everywhere they've gone. So these, these, I mean, there's a reason why these guys keep getting jobs and booked, right? I mean, it's yeah. not because they're pretty. It's not because you know. <laughs> it's not because they're drawing you know the ladies to the screen. It's because they can wrestle. I mean, let's be honest. And, and you know, I, I say, I don't want to say don't have them wrestle together because obviously they're the tag champs in Impact right now. But if you want to keep throwing out these, you know, singles matches between tag teams, I wouldn't be mad at it. It's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. But, I I think they they've still got some mileage left. Um, obviously they were never utilized right in WWE. That's common for a lot of people. Um, I think they, they kind of feel like they need to show people that they still got it. Um, yeah. maybe with, with pairing up with Kenny again, you know, maybe that'll get the motor running on them and, uh, well, yeah. they can be able hey, to, let's, let's not bury the lead too stuff. far here, Dan. Let's, I mean, obviously if you're <laughs> listening to this podcast, you're well aware of what's going on and we'll talk about that, uh, in depth. Right. Uh, cause I, it will not that we're going to preview hard to kill now because we're still six weeks away from it. Um, but we will definitely talk about hard to kill uh, later on in the pod. Um, but yeah, and, and we spent all that time talking about Carl Anderson. I do want to point out um, Ethan page. Um, he's really gotten good this year. Um, I think working with Josh Alexander has done absolutely wonders. And really for Josh Alexander too, the other way, um, the North are, are really, 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 really good. The long, they have the longest reign and impact uh, tag team champion history. And with good reason. Um, Ethan Page, of course, there's a lot of talks about his contract supposedly being up at the end of the year. We'll see what happens there. Um, really good match. Um, and then I believe it was Tuesday night. Yeah, Tuesday night they tease <laughs> his alter ego, which we'll get into. Um, mm, yeah. which of course, which of course he claims isn't him. Um, but yeah, I mean, Carl Anderson goes out and he beats Ethan Page. Uh, which means that they do not get a chance at the tag team titles, um, which was kind of like the caveat. And I thought maybe going into it that Ethan Page would pick up the win and then they would fail, you know, to uh, win the tag team titles. And then that would be kind of how he exits if he's going to exit. So, but we'll see what happens. Maybe he sticks around. Josh Alexander has at least another six months or, or so left on his contract, maybe longer. Um, so if Ethan page leaves, that leaves Alexander by himself. Maybe we see, uh, Josh Alexander X division, uh, title run. That'd be pretty sweet. I wouldn't be mad at that, but without further ado on our final resolution, final resolution review, uh, we have the impact world title match between the defending rich Swan and the challenger, Chris Bay. This match went 20 minutes which it might be the longest impact match that i've watched this year but uh dan i thought this thing was pretty damn good i i thought it was okay it was really okay it it was it was just to me i mean i've seen better out of both these guys i was i guess my uh expectations for were higher um because these guys had a lot of eyeballs on them from all the people tuning into impact now, um, you know, we didn't talk about it earlier, but I think impact somehow screwed this thing up. So they ended up giving away final resolution for free, right? 
Like it wasn't right. even a pay-per-view by the end of the night. So they knew a lot of people would be watching. Um, so I guess I was kind of disappointed by that. It, it wasn't bad. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was expecting more. I'll say that. I gotcha. I will say this is probably the, the highest rated match I've seen from impact on cage match. It has a 7.29, um, which is pretty good. Um, yeah. Especially for impact ratings, uh, because we talked before going on the air and <laughs> impact ratings, uh, on cage match because if you hold them up to i hate to say this but i'm going to say it impact does not have the same style of wrestling show that aew does and so if you're rating comparing them as apples to apples aew is going to have the better wrestling show period right but if you look at impact as doing what impact's trying to do they're very successful at it they're telling the different stories they're doing the comedy angles the different things like that and if you look at AEW, they're they're it's just it's different shows. NXT is a different show. New Japan is a different style of a show, right? So to me, if you're doing an apples apples comparison, it does it's never going to translate well. But saying all that to say a seven point two nine on cage match is nothing to sniff at for an impact match. Um, and like I said, Rich Swan and Chris Bay are both really talented wrestlers. Of course, it was one of Chris Bay's two matches on the night, uh, with the other one being in the Super J Cup. But uh, I, I really like their opening sequence that they threw out. Um, lots of you know, acrobatics, lots of, of really athletic moves. Um, but yeah, I mean, Rich Swan, of course, uh, defeats Chris Bay, retains the Impact World title match. He looks like he's could be, you know, kind of pushing towards wrestling against Moose uh, at some point, um, possibly at Hard to Kill. Um, I thought it was a pretty well, good Moose match. Well, Moose came out at the end of this, right? Uh yes. Didn't he mm-hmm. hand him his title at the end, kind of uh, hinting did. that the they were gonna like have a match at some point. Yes. So. so that that is kind of where they're pointing to. Of course, Moose has a match at Genesis against William Mack, um, right? Which is an I Quit match, um, and which was booked because, um, and this went down Tuesday. Um, the match, the tag match from the previous Tuesday. Uh, was a referee stoppage, I believe, or, you know, maybe two matches ago. He's had a referee stoppage, and he's like, man, nobody tells me when I'm done. I tell, I'm going to tell you when I'm done. This is going to be an I quit match. I don't personally like I quit matches, typically, especially in a year that we had John Moxley and Eddie Kingston have a pretty damn good one. Um, right. I guess technically it will be a different year. It will be 2021. Thank <laughs> God we're almost done with 2020. Um, but, yeah, it just it's one of those things, right, where we talked about – um, a lot in our group when you have a tag team ladder match like AEW had putting out a tag team ladder match in recent you know it, with any sort of recency tied to that match it's difficult to under, to overcome those comparisons so if you're going to throw out an I quit match two months after John Moxley and Eddie Kingston had maybe one of the best ones in the last decade um I hope it, I hope it delivers. That's kind of what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, not a big fan of I quit matches either. Um, I never have been. I I, I would have much preferred like a last man standing match or something of that nature. But yes, mm-hmm. um, I I I I don't know where they're going with Moose. Right? <laughs> Are they going to have him challenge Rich after this, this whole? Uh, Kenny Omega thing is up or I mean I, it's, right. it's kind of up in the air I'm not sure what's going on 
So I guess yeah. that's why I'll be tuning in, right? <laughs> exactly. They're doing a great job of making sure people keep coming back. They're not giving a whole lot of information each time. Um, so, you know, we'll see kind of what happens. Uh, that's it for Final Resolution. I thought uh, overall, pretty decent show. It wasn't their strongest monthly special, uh, but I, had, I think there was a lot to like about it um, and a lot to build off of as we kind of look towards next year with Genesis and Hard to Kill. Yeah, it was, it was an okay show. Um, like like I said earlier on a couple of these matches, I was kind of expecting more from them. Um, but uh, there really wasn't a whole lot in there that I just hated. So, I mean, that's better than some shows I've seen this year. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> I will not disagree with that statement. Um, I, I, you know, I agree. Um, so, real quick, we'll go through... This week's impact, of course, we uh, alluded to this before. Tennille Dashwood uh, gets a singles match against Alicia Edwards. Uh, of course, they're both uh, accompanied to the ring by their respective tag team partners. Of course, Tennille Dashwood with Caleb with a K, and uh, Alicia Edwards comes out with Eddie Edwards. Now, this match I thought showcased Tennille a bit more, um, and I thought that the uh, the spotlight kick, as she calls it, her her shining wizard, uh, was pretty pretty awesome when she hits Alicia with it uh, in this match to get the win and, and kind of wins clean. That, that was a little bit of a distraction, uh, but at least she does get her finishing move in uh, to pick up the pin. Uh, only a five-minute match compared to the uh, the longer tag match that they had at Final Resolution. Dan, uh, you got anything uh, that you want to throw out here about this one? No, like you said, it was a little better than the other match. Um, it seemed like they were starting to feature Tennille a little more. Um, I hope they keep doing that. Um, and then, of course, after the match, we had our, our good friend Sammy Callahan <laughs> injecting yeah, himself into the show. Yeah, so uh, yeah. which looks like we're going to have um, a uh, like a no DQ match uh, between Eddie and Sammy at Hard to Kill. I believe they said it was going to be for Hard to Kill. Um, so yeah. he basically said like, "Hey, man, go home, enjoy your last holiday that you're ever going to have with your family." Uh, because you know Sammy is that sadistic. <laughs> he's gonna murder you. Okay. <laughs> he, you know he's he's come pretty damn close to it a couple times. Um, uh, that baseball bat, of course, is uh, you know pretty risque. Anytime you're swinging it like Sammy does. Um, I mean, he's been known to do some nasty things with it, so <laughs> intentional yeah. or not. Right. Exactly. The the or not part is the the more dangerous part. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll see. I think Eddie and Sammy, if they truly do go, uh, you know, no holds barred, uh, no DQ at, at hard to kill, um, that has the potential to be, uh, you know, pretty, uh, pretty colorful, uh, so to speak. Uh, I, I'm going to put the over under, uh, at, uh, of people bleeding at one and a half and I'm gonna <laughs> choose the over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, there, there's definitely potential there to be good. There's also potential there for it to be awful. So, you know, I really and, know what you're going to get with uh, right. old Sammy. So, and, and you know, hopefully that, it'll be you good. Know, Ken Shamrock's 30 day suspension, of course, will be up by that point too. So <laughs> right. we'll see, you know, cause you know, uh, punching D'Lo Brown in the face gets you a 30 day suspension these days. Um, <laughs> cause of course it does the, uh, the next match on the card. And it is worth noting, of course, that, uh, Carl Anderson, um, is, uh, hanging out on the bus again with Kenny Omega and Don Callis. They're really hamming it up, uh, having a good time. 
you know, Carl Anderson's just, you know, he's basically got free reign to come and go as he pleases uh, through the parking lot. Still pisses Rich Swan off, off of course. Um, and there's, you know, there's some confrontation in between, you know, Swan and, and Carl Anderson. And, you know, uh, you know Kenny kind of talks him into uh, going, hey, man, why don't you go take him out right now? And uh, so he goes to do it. And then the motorcycle, no, sorry, it was the motorcycle machine guns that he had a problem with. Um, and then Rich Swan interjects himself and, you know, there's, he kind of backs off and, uh, you know, so he goes back to hides on the bus. Uh, until his uh, main event match with Chris Saban, um, who he was trying to quote unquote take his head off before the match, um, and he you know kind of cowers. So the next match on the card, uh, of course, is our newly crowned X Division champion Manic taking on Chris Bay, who is accompanied to the ring by Rohit Raju. Now he convinces Rohit Raju to come to the ring with him uh, as a means to unmask Manic. He convinces Rohit Raju that if he takes the mask of Manic off, revealing it to be DJP, that Scott Demore will have no choice but to give him back his X Division championship. Rohit, of course, thinks this is a great idea, but <laughs> you, have, you have to remember, of course, Chris Bay's, of course, the ultimate finesser. So he gets uh, Rohit out there. Rohit kind of adds some distractions, and then uh, Chris Bay is able to get Rohit Raju pissed off enough that he actually hits him. And this causes, of course, a DQ where Chris Bay defeats Manic, thus thrusting Chris Bay into the number one challenger spot, or so we're led to believe, for the X Division Championship leapfrogging Rohit Raju. <clears throat> so a little bit of a, an interesting... <laughs> kind of a weird uh, little twist there, Dan. Yeah. Um, I wasn't a big, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the uh, interference endings on these matches, but he is the ultimate finesser. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah, it does. And, and it's one of those things where you, you just, you watch the match. It was, it had some decent action in it. Of course, Chris Bay and TJP can both wrestle really well. Excuse me, Chris Bay and Manic. Um, they do a pretty solid job, and yeah, it does suck to see so many of these end in an interference, um, but you tune in for the next week. That's what kind of what you keep coming back for. So, moving right along, because I don't think we need to spend any more time, unless you got anything else you want to add about that match, Dan. No. <laughs> <laughs> right Oh, So, moving right along to the Impact Knockouts tag team title tournament semifinal match between Kiera Hogan and Tasha Steeles and Rosemary and Taya. Uh, I thought this match was excellent. I really enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I'll, I'm going to get your thoughts here, Dan, first on this match. So obviously you're going to like this match, right? Because your girl's in it. Uh, Absolutely. Taya. Well, I mean, three, uh, three out of three out of four. Uh, I'm pretty excited <laughs> to see on a regular basis, Dan. Right. Um, here, here's my only issue with this match. An, uh, another distraction finish right after the last one. Um, if you're break, if you have all these new eyeballs on you uh, from all these people that want to see Kenny Omega and are curious as to what you got, don't keep running this distraction crap. If I want to see that, I'll watch three hours of raw on Monday night. Like, come on, <laughs> right. we're going to have winners and losers here. Right. Yeah. It's, so. 
it's one of those things that, that Sandy and I talked about last week. And you just, it, 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 it's, it's difficult to constantly have this happen when you know that there's more eyeballs on it. But they recorded this, these matches were all already in the can before the Kenny Omega stuff even right. started. So with that in mind, you can go back and say, well, maybe they didn't. Well, I mean, I think they kind of knew that this was coming. So they could have done something different. Somebody had to know, right? At the Kenny very, Omega at, didn't just show up on the doorstep and right. say, all right, I'm taking over your show. Right. <laughs> Starting exactly. now. Exactly. Bare minimum, Scott Demore and Don Callis knew what was happening. Right. Bare minimum. So for me, you could have at least not had these next to each other on the card. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and in reality, only the first match and the last match actually have a finish. Right. So it's one of those things. Uh, it And it's tough to have a lead into next week when there isn't a next week. It's a lead into three weeks from now. Um, yeah. And this is kind of the first time I've, I've, since doing this podcast, I've been a little frustrated with Impact's programming because I feel like they could have done more with this night. Um of course, the night is is saved at the end uh, <laughs> quite a bit, um, but the lead up to it could have been better. But I thought the match itself was really good. Uh, of course, as you alluded to it, uh, Deanna Perrazzo and Kimberly come out and interfere with the match, causing Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles to, of course, pick up the victory. Kira Hogan hits, uh, I believe, Taya with the fisherman's, uh, the bridging fisherman's deck breaker, um, which is, you know, she does that move very well. So it's okay that, that that was the finish. I would have liked to see Ty and Rosemary versus like Jordan and Jazz for the finals. That would have been like my ideal matchup um, because I just I, I, I want to see more Jordan and Ty. It's kind of what it kind of boils down to. Right. <laughs> no, and shout out to Jazz, who of course uh, follows me on Twitter now. Uh, I'm kind of a big <laughs> deal, Dan. Tommy Dreamer messages me on Twitter. Jazz follows me. I mean, hey, we're, we're coming up. Wow, you're you're getting in there. <laughs> I yeah, and listen, a, a clip of uh, you uh, burying Ken Shamrock is on TikTok at over 152 views. Oh so, wow! Oh great! <laughs> He's gonna come and kick my ass. <laughs> well, I think you could outrun him. I think you could outrun him. I don't know. So <laughs> that's a fair point. <laughs> so with the, with this distraction finish, like, uh, I mean, I see they're building towards Taya and Diana, which is great, right? But why couldn't you just have uh, Rosemary take the pin here and then Deanna come out and, like, call them suckers for losing, right? Why, why do we right. have to do this distraction stuff? I know we talked about it, but I'm just, no, it just frustrates I, me. With the way you're doing it sounds better. And I think the only reason why you have Taya take the pin is because she is now personally felt that loss because of what happened with Deanna. And so now she's pissed at Deanna because, you know, Taya Valkyrie doesn't take pins, right? I mean, that's just kind of, that's my thought about it. But not that she doesn't. Taya is obviously a, a very gracious worker, and everyone seems to love working with her, or they wouldn't wear her clothing brand everywhere uh, on Instagram, uh, which, right. you know, Wera Loca seems to be like the most popular clothing brand uh, <laughs> amongst wrestlers these days outside of Roots <laughs> of Fight. So um, pretty cool stuff, I guess. I don't know. I'm not a very big fashion guy. Um, I know fashion probably gets talked about in your house a little bit. Um, but not so much. Not by here. me. 
<laughs> I understand. <laughs> so wrestling um, shirts and basketball shorts. That's the fashion I talk about. So right, exactly. Uh, we're both sitting here, of course, wearing wrestling shirts. Mine and my super faded um, uh, TNA era AJ Styles logoed shirt, and of course, you're in uh, the shirt of uh, one uh, local wrestler, uh, Ron Bass Jr. Um, yeah. Big uh, shout out to Ron Bass Jr. Of course, uh, and all the. Uh, local indie guys trying to get booked uh, for what shows there are out there right now. Uh, tough time for any wrestler. So definitely um, if you know an indie wrestler and they have some merch that you can buy, it's a great way to support them, uh, especially during this time where they can't get as many bookings as they uh, normally could. So that's my brief mm-hmm. PSA for supporting your local <laughs> independent wrestlers. Um, <laughs> the next match uh, goes real short and very brief. Um, there's uh, a little bit of a, a confrontation because Brian Myers tries to um, angle himself as the new tag partner for Josh Alexander because they're pushing this uh, split of, between the North. Alexander says, you know what, man? No, we're going to go wrestle right now. Like, let's go fight. And so uh, the most professional wrestler, Brian Myers, takes on the walking weapon, Josh Alexander. Three minutes, 31 seconds. Brian Myers slams Ethan Page into the ring post, which looked extremely hard um, <laughs> and a little bit maybe uh, caught too much of Ethan's face. Um, but then, of course, uh, before Brian Myers is able to defeat Josh Alexander, he gets assaulted by Karate Man. Mm, great. Dan, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know about you. Karate Man, to me, feels a lot like uh, Johnny Karate from Parks and Recreation, which of course mm-hmm. was uh, ah, Chris, Pat's, Chris Pat's character. Um, Andy Dwyer, of course, hosts a children's television show in which one of the characters he does is Johnny Karate and does this very like big, over-the-top, like, hey kids, let's do some karate. And then <laughs> Karate Man kind of feels like that to me at, at, in, a, in a way because Ethan Page kind of carries that same energy. Um, right. Oh, sorry. It's not Ethan Page. It's Karate Man. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, we'll see what happens with Karate Man, Ethan Page, Josh Alexander. Uh, this match didn't really do anything for anybody um, other than to just get a Karate Man pop, I guess, um, which would have been yeah, great I've... for a live audience. Uh, but for a empty impact zone, I think it's kind of a wasted segment on a night that they were going to have a lot of eyeballs. Yeah, I think it's just mostly to continue the story of the North breaking up. I mean, it's probably going to lead to a match between these two, and then Alexander beats Karate Man or Ethan Page or both. Who knows? Um, right. Depending on his contract situation, you know. I Yeah, this was a very skippable moment. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, you don't necessarily even need to skip it. It's over in three and a half minutes. So <laughs> it's not a big hey, man. deal. <laughs> I only have a certain number of minutes on this earth. If I, if I can I, save three I by skipping it. Karate Man, I'll take it. <laughs> and you know what? I want more Karate Man. So that's the difference between you and me. Um, <laughs> you can have all my Karate Man minutes anytime you want, buddy. <laughs> Will do. Will do. But I do want to talk about, of course, our main event here. Uh, the Machine Gun Carl Anderson takes on Chris Saban of the Motor City Machine Guns. Um, this match ruled. I really enjoyed it quite a bit. I love Chris Saban a lot. 
Like, I want more Chris Saban the way I want more Carl Anderson. And that's not a knock on Alex Shelley because I want more Alex Shelley too. Um, but the, the machine guns, I mean, listen, uh, all three of them, as, as it turns out, the machine gun Carl Anderson and the Motor City machine guns, um, these guys are awesome. I mean, they've been around forever. They know how to work. They're excellent in the ring. Everything just flows well. Um, they're selling for each other. They're, I mean, to me, when you put a, a TV main event out there, that's what it should look like. Um, so I really, I really enjoyed this match quite a bit. Uh, what about you, Dan? Yeah, this match was, it was great. It was definitely worthy of main event. These, these guys can obviously go. They're both, they're re, the real professional wrestlers, you know, not taking away from <laughs> Brian Myers, but yeah, these right. guys, Well, he's the most professional I mean, wrestler. we've been watching these guys wrestle for years. We know they can, they can do it. Uh, they, these guys knew they had a lot of eyeballs on them, uh, especially with, you know, everybody was going to be tuning in to the end of the show to see how it ended with Kenny Omega and everything. Right. And I think they paid it off. Yeah, they really did. It, it's, it's one of those things you you tease this Kenny Omega stuff over and over and over again, right? We we might learn something new. We might learn something new. We might learn, and you know that they like to put that on last. They kind of kind of made that known, and mm-hmm. so yeah, your main event is going to get a lot of eyeballs. Last week um, we had the tag match between Moose and Chris Bay versus um, Rich Swan and Willie Mack excellent match uh right leading up into the kenny omega segment um right. and then again another excellent main event leading into this and then a lot of awesomeness happens next in the <laughs> shakeout of this match going backstage carl anderson goes backstage uh, or he starts to and uh rich swan comes out and you know there's some kind of you know pushing and shoving kind of going back towards the back and uh, out of the blue, Kenny Omega just comes and just absolutely assaults the piss out of uh, Rich Swan. <laughs> I mean, he cracks him over the head with something. I, I I didn't catch exactly what it was on the first watch. I thought I think it was, it was the, the belt, belt, wasn't it? I think he hit him I'm with the sure AEW the title belt, um, yeah. and it looked like he hit him pretty good. So, um, you know, a little bit, a little bit working a little stiff for his old buddy Rich. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, this segment is like, oh shit, Kenny's actually doing something physical yeah. on impact wrestling and up until this point we've seen him sit on a bus <laughs> yeah we finally got to the fireworks factory <laughs> it's like what everybody's been waiting two weeks to see right right he exactly. finally gets on there and whips whips the shit out of somebody i mean i enjoy i sat up i was like yeah get him you know right um, and then now everybody's like oh god what's this going to lead to next right right and so we find out very quickly what happens next um as Doc Gallows reemerges back from being injured, and I don't know if he was or not, you know, uh, outside of kayfabe, but he emerges back, helps take out the machine guns with Carl Anderson. The three of them are staying there, and Kenny has this great idea for a main event at Hard to Kill. Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers taking on Rich Swan and the Motor City Machine Guns. This thing is going to be incredible i'm calling it now like this is going to be uh it could be the best match that impact puts on unless kenny has a singles match with rich swan then that might take the cake there um but i to see kenny in the ring with all three of those guys with saban with shelly with rich swan um i'm excited about it right now and i want to watch it right now but i gotta wait like six (laughs) weeks and that's painful (laughs) 
<laughs> Maybe yeah, they set it up really point. well. I think it's going to be good. I mean, we got a lot of bullet slash gun stuff going on here, which is great. Yes. Um, the bullet club no, versus I, the machine guns, if you will. Yeah, I know Omega is going to like tear down the house with any of those other three guys. Um, Carl Anderson probably hang. I, I'm not. I'm kind of worried about old Doc getting in there with these guys because yeah. none of them are like big guys like him. So we'll see um, what goes on there, but. I, I, I've I've seen a lot of chatter online. I've heard some podcasts. People are like, you know, speculating on who's going to take the pin in this match and what it's going to lead to. And a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, uh, Kenny, Kenny's going to get pinned by Rich Swan, leading to a, a match later on. I, I, and then other people are saying, oh no, you know, Rich Swan's going to get pinned. I, I don't see either one of those happening. I mean, we've right. got these two tag teams in here and one of them is the tag team champions. Right. So I feel like the, one of the tag team champions, uh, I don't know if it's going to be Anderson or doc is going to take the pin and it's going to lead to right. a tag team championship match. I'm and, kind and of thinking, this, that it's that that no no I'm just gonna say I I'm kind of agreeing with you there I'm I'm leaning towards either Gallows or or Anderson taking the pin I'm kind of leaning towards Anderson just because of how much they've been really funneling into how good he is man you're the G1 right. finalist from 2012 how many times did we hear that on TV this the the right. past week um right so like he's like trying to get his confidence back up so and then maybe he loses and he starts to lose confidence. And then, you know, maybe Kenny has to whip him back into shape or something. You know, there's something that used a lot of things you can play with here. And this is right. really, I mean, we've never seen anything like this. I mean, where a tag team champion from one promotion is teaming up with the singles champion from another promotion to take on their own promotions champion right. and two of the, the, you know, the, the, basically the number one contenders for the tag titles. So, right. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, well, that's what's great about it, right? We don't know what's going to happen. I just don't foresee Tony Khan letting Kenny Omega, his world champion, go to another show and take a pin from anybody, right? I, I just right. can't see that happening. Now, they might shock the world, and that might happen, you know? Uh, who knows what the I, – I, 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 this, the main thing is it's making me want to tune in and watch, and that's what they're looking for, right? Exactly. So I guess mission because, accomplished for them. As we mentioned, as we mentioned, Don Callis knows what he's doing, and yeah. he and obviously Tony Khan does too. Let's give let's you know let's tip the cap to Tony Khan. We don't know whose idea right. this was. We don't know where this came. It's probably Don Callis's idea. I think that I'm, I'm I feel pretty comfortable saying that. But but Tony Khan also is working on this, um, and is obviously fronting. Uh, uh, I would imagine a considerable amount of investment into this going well. Um, he's appeared on, on, T on access TV two weeks in a row now, right. promoting his own show. We didn't show. even talk about that. So, <laughs> which is another great commercial um, between him and Tony Schiavone. They, they continue to bury um, the old TNA, uh, which is great. And, and what I talked about with Sandy is, you know what? Impact today is okay with burying the TNA of yesterday uh, and they do it themselves. So to have, um, Tony and Tony do it, and you could just say, "Oh, it's just another, you know, it's another uh, promotion trying to bury us and, and get heat." Um, that saves them a little bit of that self-deprecation. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, everything about this has made sense, and 
it like you said, it's doing its job and getting you to tune in week after week to a wrestling show that most people have never watched. Um, right. Think, I, I think about, you know, in our own group chat and a lot of, you know, the members of our, our social suplex network are not impact wrestling watchers or couldn't have even told you who was the champion three weeks ago. They might've had an idea, but, and, and I'm not just talking about our, our podcast hosts, but you know, the writers and different, you know, people that are involved, our larger loop uh, group chat, uh, you know, most right. of the people don't know what's going on in impact. Don't care to now Kenny Omega and Don Callis have made people care about that promotion in a way that, they really, I don't think, could have done it themselves. They've done a great job. I don't want to. I'm not knocking the promotion, um, but the what's been coming out of it of Don Callis and, and Kenny Omega being there and feeling free to use terms like Bullet Club and talk about you know different different things and uh, you know Omega refers to John Moxley as Dean Ambrose in one of the segments. So you know, <laughs> I mean, just just <laughs> you know just. Right. It's been really fun to watch. And as a wrestling fan, it's really fun to not know what the hell is going to happen. That's yeah. very rare in, in 2020. Yeah. I mean, we're so we're so used to the, you know, the WWE where you can see stuff coming that, you know, they plan it out years in advance and it's never what you want. And it's just, it's, I mean, you've seen Raw and SmackDown. It's like. The same same matches every week, the same people every week, the same six or seven you know wrestlers every week. Um, right. This is just like uncharted territory with this, and that's what's great about it. Like that's why I tuned into wrestling when I was a kid. You know, I never knew what was going to happen next. You know, and and that's why I'm excited about this. And they, you know, they've also been mentioning New Japan too. And that right. that. <laughs> Now there might never be anything with New Japan, but they keep mentioning it, so everybody's like, "Oh, let's watch it. Let's find out. Are they going to open yeah, the and, door?" And, right. And I didn't watch the Super J Cup, so I'm I may be ignorant in this, um, but I don't know that the Super J Cup announced team said anything about TJP and Chris Bay being from Impact Wrestling. I would imagine they must have said something about it. Um, I think they did. I, I can't remember but exactly, but I'm pretty sure they did because I mean they talked about like Hor- Horace from being Ray Horace being from ROH. ROH, right? You know, so they, they'll they'll mention the other the the other promotions on there. Yeah, so you know, but again, is this the the backdoor way that Kenny gets to work with New Japan? Does let's let's like let's say you're watching uh, Hard to Kill, six man's over, and out of the blue, you hear Go Ace kick out uh, across the speakers, <laughs> right? Wouldn't the wrestling world lose its shit? Like, if, I know if I Hiroshi would. Tan- <laughs> if Hiroshi Tanahashi showed up on Hard to Kill, wouldn't that be insane? No. Yeah. The chances of that happen have got to be probably less than 1%. And that's just a, right. you know, a fever dream. But something along those lines, I, is that the way that AEW and Kenny Omega get back into working with New Japan? I don't know. Don Callis seems to be the catalyst of kind of everything that's happening in wrestling outside of WWE right, right now. So um, it's, man, like I said, it's exciting to see happen. It's exciting to not know what's coming next. It, and this is, I wouldn't, I got to imagine that, that hard to kill is going to get a tremendous amount of pay-per-view buys um, yeah. because it is a traditional pay-per-view. 
I assume they'll keep the price at $50 like they have been for all the other uh, Impact pay-per-views. I mean, I this is this has got to get maybe I don't know, probably what, 60 to 70% of what AEW doesn't buy just from Kenny Omega being on the show. So, maybe, which would be I I have no idea, you know. <laughs> right. That's that's probably a discussion more for like Russell uh WrestleNomics, um, yeah. It's it, it feels it's definitely like, going to bump up from what they would have gotten without oh, right. this match being announced. Right. This exactly. is making them yeah. money. This is the whole point of like the wrestling right. business, right? Exactly. Bring us marks in with their money. Exactly. And they're doing a fantastic job of it. Um, you know, Sandy and I talked about the Twitch numbers uh, last week, what they did uh, with the first Kenny Omega show. I mean, it's just, I, I, I got to believe that Anthem is really loving this and, and really loving the investment and impact right now. And right. I'm sure Don Callis is, I'm sure he's collecting paychecks from multiple places. Um, and there may be something else. Like we said, like I said, there may be something else going on behind the scenes that we don't know. And, you know, maybe we see something. Um, so, <laughs> Oh, hi. <laughs> my, my daughter just walked into the room. You can say hi to Mr. Dan. <laughs> hi. All right. All right. Go to bed. All right, love you. Uh, hey, listen, this is this this podcast is recorded live in front of a family audience. Sometimes, <laughs> um, just had a run in. So, just had a run in from my from my three year old Molly, um, who has been watching uh, Dynamite with me the last couple of weeks, um, which has been pretty cool. Not cool that she tries to do some of the moves, but cool to watch it with her. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I like I said, real exciting stuff. Um, this is the end of the year obviously we won't get probably we might get some information here and there uh we are not going to necessarily be recording weekly uh over the holidays just because i don't think anything new is coming from impact we are going to try and get out a uh, you know a video game uh show to kind of tide you guys over um so stay tuned for that if we're able to get that out obviously with the the holidays the scheduling can become difficult so stick around. But before Dan and I finish, I do want to go over some uh, kind of you know yearly superlatives since that's what Impact is going to be doing on their show the next couple of weeks. So Dan, uh, I think we do this uh, category by category here, and uh, well, I guess let's work our way up. We have uh, you know four kind of Impact awards that we want to get through. Or handout, I should say. Get through implies that we don't want to do it. But uh, four impact awards and then two video game related awards. So, uh, Dan, let's start with best comedy worker. Who was your guy or gal that you thought, uh, really from an entertainment perspective, not necessarily from an in-ring perspective, but from an entertainment perspective, really brought it this year? So we're talking about from when you started the show, right? We're not talking from January 1st, right? Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this would be uh, Slammiversary when this started? So uh, Shortly thereafter, for but me, we'll, we'll go from Slammiversary on. Okay. So for me, I, Heath Slater is is my guy. I, I He's uh, pretty funny. I think he's got a great wit. Um, the most I've laughed at wrestling in a while was when he had that video. Um that several commercial. weeks ago when he, yeah that and commercial he, was great his, and he had his kids coming out i mean i <laughs> delorean brown made me <laughs> chuckle so uh yeah he's my guy 
I'm sad that he's not around right now because he's hurt. But uh, right, yeah, the hernia, the hernia, getting put on the shelf for a hernia, I'm sure, is difficult. Um, I've not had one myself. I hope to not have one. Um, but you could just tell he was on a payment, and, and that's an excellent, excellent choice for comedy uh, wrestler of the year. For me, it comes down to who's who's the guy that every time uh, he comes on the screen puts a smile on my face. Heath Slater's definitely up there. Johnny Swinger, I hate to say, is growing on me. Uh, he's had a couple of really, really, really funny lines and, you know, calling everyone daddy and all that stuff. And, and you know, he's, he, he gets some chuckles out of me. Um, for me, I, you know, I got to say Tommy Dreamer. Uh, it's Shocker. not just because it's not just because <laughs> he sent me a, a direct message on Twitter, um, which he hasn't done in a while. So, Tommy, you know, if you want to send me another one, you know, um, but I really feel like every time Tommy Dreamer is on the screen outside of a wrestling ring, it's some kind of uh, some kind of comedy gimmick, some kind of funny thing that he's doing. Obviously, he was he was very funny in uh, Russell House. He was very funny uh, doing the uh, the wrestlers court stuff, um, the, doing you know the, the the screaming no when Johnny Bravo gets shot at the wedding. Just, just the myriad of, of the different things that they expect out of uh, Tommy Dreamer uh, to go out there and still get over uh, outside of the wrestling ring. So for me, Tommy Dreamer is the comedy wrestler of the year in Impact. So, Respectable choice. <laughs> yeah, and he still hey, listen, wrestles too. And he still so. wrestles too. And he's, I mean, he had the the Halloween hardcore match, which I thought was a lot of fun. Um, and of course, you know, anytime you need to see a kendo stick, he's got one for you. So. Um, let's go on to best tag team in impact. Um, for me, it's because we are doing this just from Slammiversary on, it's a, probably a different answer if we're doing this from January 1st on. Um, and the reason, of course, again, why we're doing it from Slammiversary on is because Sandy and I, uh, were not necessarily watching prior to starting this podcast. We kind of started with Slammiversary and went on from that point. Um, so for me, the best impact tag team is the Motor City Machine Guns. Um, honorable mention uh, to the Rascals, uh, as well as the North, uh, of course. Um, and of course, sad to see the Rascals go. I'll mention it every time that I have the chance to bring them up. Um, I really hope they, they get some good feuds in NXT. Um, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. But yeah, so but the Motor City Machine Guns since debuting, um, I think they've they've really been the best tag team in that division. They put out bangers every time, whether it's a singles match, tag match. Uh, had a pretty good title run, of course. Alex Shelley gets taken out when they, and Saban has to go and basically wrestle for thirty minutes in a you know multi tag team match uh, by himself as the only member of his tag team. So. Um, Hats off uh, to those guys. And I don't think there's a wrong answer in this division, um, truthfully. Um, but for me, it's the Motor City Machine Guns, Dan. And I'm with you. They're really good. But my team is the North. Uh, I really sure. enjoy those guys. Um, like I've told you before, I'm a sucker for headgear on a wrestler. Um, <laughs> Who is know, it? I, I, I like I like Josh Alexander. He's pretty hard-hitting. I've watched some of his stuff with the collective, too. Uh, so I enjoyed him outside of impact as well. Um, 
but yeah, I, I really like those guys. I can do without the Karate Man crap, um, but I feel like they've had a really good run uh, since uh, we started talking about it here at Slammiversary. Um, I'm kind of sad that they might be broken up for good because I feel like they're pretty good together, um, but it might lead to better things for uh, both of them. So that's my pick. Yeah. Hey, listen, like I said, not not a bad pick uh, in the bunch. Of course, you know, had Heath not gotten hurt, we might have been talking about Heath and Rhino in this spot. You never know. Right. I mean, probably not, but you never know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Moving on now uh, to the women's division. We're going to talk best knockout, Dan. So, Dan, I got to ask, who is your best knockout so far? So, there's been some really good knockouts matches, um, but I've got to give it to Deanna. Um, I was a fan of hers before she was in Impact, and I feel like every match I've seen her on Impact uh, has, has been pretty good to great. Um, I, I also feel like uh, um, there's been some other girls that have also been good, but Deanna's just like head and shoulders above everybody else in the division to me. Yeah, I. this is a, an award that we're going to agree on here, Dan. Um, Deanna, since she came into Impact, has been absolutely fantastic. Um, every match that she's had has been pretty good. She's uh, in, came up with new finishers. Uh, she's got the double arm breaker uh, arm bar. She's got, uh, of course, the gotcha style pile driver we mentioned earlier, um, which are the things. I mean, she was always doing the Fujiwara arm bar, uh, but not doing the double. Um, and then to see her pick up a gotch style pile driver too, um, that's pretty awesome. Uh, it's, it, and she hits it very well. Uh, I will say that. Um, and she also is working in, in one of the few promotions that will still let you do a pile driver on TV. Um, which had she, had, <laughs> they lo- had she, had they she tried to their do pile one, drivers. <laughs> impact is a pile driver promotion for sure. Uh, so it only makes sense that she picks one up there. Had she tried to do that, uh, when she was previously at, at WWE, uh, they probably would have fired her sooner. So, um, or I don't know that she was fired. She might have asked for her release. I'm, obviously, you never know exactly what it is. So I don't want to. I don't want to imply. She that never I know had the opportunity to do a pile driver. They never let her wrestle. I th- I think she had maybe two NXT televised matches, and she probably right. had. I, I I mean, maybe six or so main event matches. I'm not talking yeah. the main event of Raw or SmackDown. I'm talking the show main event, just to be clear. Um, which, I think she did make one like Raw appearance at some point. Maybe. I believe she debuted, and then uh, I think she was pulled off of television because um, I'm sure Vince did not, quote-unquote, like the look, um, so to speak. Great. Um, that old yeah, man's blind. Who, who cares what he I, I completely agree. Listen, we all have access to Instagram, and we all know if that's the case, uh, man, don't don't get it. Um, but but that to say, um, this is not a best Instagram award, but this is in <laughs> fact a best knockout, and this is talking specifically about in-ring proficiency. Uh, so it makes sense that both of us would go with uh, which, who many call uh, one of the best technical, uh, not just female wrestlers, but wrestlers uh, that we have in the business right now, and Deanna Perrazzo. Uh, so congratulations, uh, Deanna, for, for getting both of us to give you that award. Um, 
<laughs> moving right along, uh, we're just before we all, uh, just for a clarification, we're not going to do a best knockout tag team award just because they're, they're they still haven't actually awarded those titles. Um, that'll be a discussion obviously for next year. Um, uh, but for this year, uh, we're just going to not do that just because they haven't really had too many established tag teams for as long back as our look back period. It's really kind of been in the last six weeks. Um, so just so just just in case there's any questions around that. So we're going to move on, Dan, to uh, best impact wrestler. Um, I did not put the tag male on this. I just said best impact wrestler. So you could double up and say Deanna Perrazzo. Um I am not. And this is a as this is a a a discussion that is very difficult for me to decide on just because there's been a lot of really good performances, a lot of sustained, you know, week to week performances. Um, You don't want to, you don't want to say this guy was the best because of a two week thing or a three week thing, but for the entirety of what we've been covering, so I'm going to put you on the spot, Dan, and I'm going to ask you your Impact Wrestler of the Year um, for 2020. So in my opinion, I feel like Eric Young is the uh, wrestler for me anyway. Um, I feel like every time he's been – like there's there was a couple of shows like uh, um, Bound for Glory where most of the show was kind of mid and – he's in that match in the main event and kind of you know, they pulled the nose up. I feel like he, he's kind of saved him a few times with his matches. Um, I feel like he puts in a hundred percent in his matches. Um, sometimes the character's not really <laughs> my cup of tea, um, but he, he really goes, I feel like he's still got a lot in him. I think he's got a chip on his shoulder from his time in WWE. Um, I'm curious to see where the whole cult leader thing goes. Um, I feel like he was the best, in my opinion. Yeah, so I, 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 I don't disagree with anything that you said. Um, he really is wrestling like a man with something to prove. Um, and when you're as good of a wrestler as Eric Young is, that's a pretty good combination, right? Um, we've mentioned how how pile driver happy uh, <laughs> impact kind of is, um, and he does the best one on the pile driver promotion. Um, so. <laughs> You know, it's he's he's up there for me. Like you, you want to talk about like there's a couple of guys obviously that impact relies on week after week to kind of carry the show. Um, it's not Rob Van Dam, so I'm just gonna go ahead and, and just you know, <laughs> it's I'm not Tommy Dreamer. As much as I would love to give my dear friend Tommy Dreamer the award, it's not Tommy Dreamer. Um, you know, you talk about guys week after week that are out there. Uh, Chris Bay's out there every week. Uh, Willie Mack is out there every week. TJP is out there every week. Eddie Edwards is out there every week. Rick Swan is out there almost every week. Um, but I'm actually in agreement with you, Dan, that really from Slammiversary, when he makes his return on, Eric Young is the guy. Uh, every time they needed a big match on a, on a card, Eric Young delivered. Whether that be the Eddie Edwards match, whether it be the Rich Swan match, uh, so on and so forth. I, I mean, the guy really has elevated his game. 
to the old Eric Young that we saw in the in, in, in these flashback moments from TNA, right? The younger Eric Young that came out and did all kinds of crazy shit and, and really put the world on fire, which ultimately, of course, got him signed to the WWE, to the WWE right? Um, and really, the early Sanity stuff uh, was very good. And then he kind of, once they pulled him to main roster, the same Eric Young wasn't the same when we saw him. Um, so it's been good to see Eric Young come back to catch fire um, and really uh, just like you said, uh, anytime they needed a big spot uh, or to save a card or just, you know, and especially a, a card like Bound for Glory that just kind of went off the rails. And obviously there was the the Kylie Ray situation and, and, and everything that happened there. And everyone's like, oh my God, what happened? And they had the hot shot suit young. And then, it was kind of like, all right, well, maybe this wasn't worth my $50. And then here comes Eric Young to throw out a banger, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, Eric Young's got to be got to be the choice, uh, in my opinion. Um, so, you know, I think it's funny that, uh, you know, the consensus here, um, and, I, and I do want to give an honorable mention, of course, to Rohit Raju for the work that he did in the X Division. Um, yeah. the, the defeat Rohit challenge was um, – Awesome. I mean, really, really good segments week after week. Rohit Raju is someone to me that, that elevated his game uh, constantly and, and delivered some of the best promos in wrestling that we'd see week to week. So definitely, especially with Sandy not on the podcast, to say, my man, every time Rohit Raju is brought up. Um, you know, which, you know, shout outs to uh, Sandy. She's gotten uh, Rohit Raju to like a couple of our uh, tweets from the 8-Bit Suplex account. Um, so uh, that's pretty cool. And I'm not giving him shout outs just because he's liking our post. Um, maybe I'm a little bit, but no, yeah, <laughs> truthfully, uh, really it's been fun to spend this year uh, watching um, impact wrestling and kind of discovering more alternatives and better alternatives sometimes um, to the uh, products that we see on Mondays and Fridays. Um, and you know, and sometimes even from the Wednesday product, uh, in black and yellow. So, um, I've enjoyed it. I know Dan, uh, you kind of got started watching it because of, uh, us starting this podcast and, and kind of mm-hmm. talking about it so much. And, and I know that the same uh, can be said for a lot of our group of friends that, uh, you know, impact was off of the radar completely. So, right. um, and then, you know, there's always been stuff that you heard about it but you never really felt the need to check it out. And I'm glad that, that, you know, um, we jumped in and decided to kind of start doing this. Well, part of, like I've talked to you about before when I went on here, part of the problem was accessibility. Like I don't get access TV and I, on Tuesday nights, I don't remember to go on Twitch usually. Um, but (laughs) since, but since I've been watching, that's changed. Right. Um, uh, I was, I was just catching the replays before and now I'll, like actually watch on Twitch and then with all, you know, everything that's going on with Kenny Omega and, and dynamite and, uh, AEW and everything. Um, now, now it's just like must watch TV. So, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm excited that I started watching ahead. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> before yeah. this actually took off. Uh, you know, you guys can say you were, you were ahead of the game and you knew this was going to take off. Um, but now I'm really excited to see where this all goes, you know, and I'm, I'm happy you guys did it. Um, I'm happy you have me on here every once in a while. Uh, it gives me some, like you said, it's an, it's an alternative. Sometimes it's better. Sometimes it's not, but at least it's an alternative. Um, it's not the same old crap every, 
you know, right. every Monday and Friday. Um, so I appreciate it. And uh, I enjoy listening to you guys talk about it too. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's been, uh, it's been awesome. Um, and then of course, you know, uh, starting the podcast and then, you know, giving you, uh, you and I, uh, both our first episodes of podcasting, Sandy's first episodes of podcasting, uh, being able to have Rich and Jeremy, of course, who are uh, the veteran of all veterans, having Floyd come on the, the, uh, the podcast as well. Um, and then, you know, even, uh, you know, uh, my buddy Lane who, who hopped on to, uh, fill in with a uh, video game segment, um, it's really been uh, a really great experience, uh, a great way to uh, spend 2020, <laughs> which has been such a challenging year for so many. Um, and, and really, you know, I, I don't think any of us have ever have gone through this year unscathed. Um, so it's been excellent to have this uh, extra thing to do. Um, and so uh, before uh, we sign off, um, I do want to wish uh, everyone a happy holidays. Um, a Merry Christmas, whatever you celebrate, uh, Kwanzaa, if you've already celebrated Hanukkah or, or I'm, I'm so out of the loop. I don't know if Hanukkah is still going on, um, but whatever you uh, celebrate, <laughs> it ended whatever, Friday, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably true. Um, whatever holiday you and your family celebrate, uh, or if you don't celebrate holidays in the traditional sense, um, whoever you're with, uh, you know, make sure you enjoy this time together as we get out of this fuck of a year. Um, and, and we look forward to, uh, you know, vaccine rollouts and, and being able to see independent wrestling, come back strong. Um, if you see us at a show, uh, definitely come back, uh, come up and say hi post vaccine, uh, not pre vaccine, or if you want to wave, uh, you know, uh, maybe we'll see James at some point in 2021, Dan, um, you never know. I'm not going to hold my breath on that. <laughs> we, James, James might've booked uh, out until 2022. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, Dan, thanks again for, uh, for coming on. Um, and, uh, I guess, uh, we'll do this again, uh, in 2021. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, just to sign off as always, make sure you check out all the social Supex podcast network shows, keep it a strong style, one nation radio, Ricky and Clive, great match generator, grave consequences, uh, all things elite. Uh, I think that, uh, grown and uh, of course, grown men watch this shit. Uh, is back, so definitely check that out too. Um, and then uh, head over to Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, I don't know if you can get a last minute uh, present for Christmas still. You might be able to pay for some expedited shipping if you really, 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 really want to get your loved one an 8 bit suplex or one of the other shirts from the Social Suplex Podcast Network uh, on Pro Wrestling Tees slash Social Suplex. Um, but without uh, further ado, uh, happy holidays and Stay safe, everyone.